Hello, Disruptors, and welcome back to the 92nd episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor podcast with your host, Bennett Leon. And of course, we have Ashley Downing with us as well. Hey, guys. Alrighty, so we have another really special episode for you today. What are we going to be talking about today, Ashley? All right, so we are going to be talking about, um, actually, I'm excited. It's just like a regular conversation. We're just going to be chatting about the political climate, um, how it has been clearly dividing America. Um, not only are we killing each other, literally, uh, but we can't have regular conversations, <laughs> um, which is really what's important, right, for um, furthering our democracy and um, just our knowledge in general, our ignorance. Ignorance is not bliss. So we're just going to be talking a little bit about that. Exactly. So uh, and I'm really excited for this because I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of value for this, whether you're listening, yeah. watching, whatever, like everyone can get value from this and everyone is experiencing this in one way or another. Um, so like what we wanted to talk about was like, um, or what we wanted to highlight was just how like people literally cannot talk to each other like families are not talking to each other that between right and left they're not really talking to each other so that's a huge huge issue right um so let's get to the bottom of that and let's talk about how we can help fix the issues right um and what's causing it like what are the underlying causes of why this is happening right now and we can really think of two big things um one the media is definitely exacerbating the problem right so um they are and you can you can say that they're the ones that are inciting the violence why because the the right uh, the conservative media is uh portraying the protesters as angry looters anarchists people that are paid from the outside marxists that you're even calling them like things that are just complete lies like there might be antifa it might exist yes i'll give you like i'll give you that it might exist it might very well not exist but existing the mere fact of just existing and the difference between existing and actually being like that's the movement like these are the the protesters are the anarchists like that's that's totally false and that's that's bullshit and like that's what's causing this like that's why they're hating us and they hate protesters but yeah god go ahead i think too what's important to note is that the fact that people cannot have these regular conversations is, I th- I personally think why we are in the boat that we're in today, where we have elected somebody like Trump. Um, and now we are in this, this situation where <laughs> um, it's like, if you wanted to vote for Bernie, you are a communist. And if you want to vote for Trump, then you are a Nazi. And one thing that, and I think we know, I mentioned this in the last episode, is like when Bernie mentioned that, you know, he's afraid of this authoritarian rule of Trump. And I just think that like this, both platforms are, it's just pure fear mongering. There is absolutely no discussion about real policy. And that is what's driving the media to also talk about this, these types of things too. So now you have the liberal media, the left media talking about things like um, coronavirus and about how Trump is doing absolutely nothing to help save all of these Americans. We need, you know, all of these protections for workers and blah, 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 and, you know, stimulus. 
And then on the other side, you have Trump and the Republicans talking about how we're going to have this communist takeover if Biden's elected. And oh, did you know that Biden wants to do X, Y, and Z, which really he absolutely does not want to do. He's, so, he's not only saying that, he's saying that about them now too, like that they are Marxist and the Democratic Party is already taken over by like the left and like communists and like, it's just, just totally outside of reality. And it's also the Republicans are running now on this base of the riots and on looting and on this law and order tactic, which is honestly, this might be the first time that somebody has run on something like a big move, being against a big movement like BLM, but this is not the first time that people have run on law and order. That is a typical strategy for Republicans and for Democrats, um, this tough on crime uh, idea. And that's kind of how Trump, I feel like, and the Republicans are leaning more towards is, oh, look at all these, you know, democratic cities with democratic mayors and their cities are burning and, you know, their police force is overwhelmed. And I will tell you from being at at least three to four protests that there I've seen zero violence at the protests that I've gone to. Um, and I work in downtown Chicago. Yes, things are still boarded up, but you, you, the looting is not what people are talking about. It is just not happening. It's not happening in the mass, in the, in the way that people are discussing it in Fox, on Fox News and on the, the right-leaning media. Mm -hmm. One thing that I did really, I wanted to talk about that um, is the looters, right? Like this idea of how they fixate on them and they make them to face the movement, the looters, right? Uh, and they disregard like the protesters and what they're going out there for beside, on top of the fact that they're like millions and that's like the, the majority of the people, right? They're protesters, not looters. But the distinction that I want to bring in, to you all is that there's the protesters, right? The people that are out there most of the day, like people like you and I, like that go out there because we care about what happened to George Floyd. We care about Breonna Taylor. We care about all these people that are dying. Uh, Vanessa Guillen, uh, who was uh, that soldier that was killed in Fort Hood. Uh, so like the list goes on and on. And that's why we're out there because the list is going on and on and it's still happening even though we're out there it's still going on and it's just like huge insults to to the morality of americans to the social fabric of america um and it's just a slap in the face of the majority of americans especially black and brown people you know yeah. um that's well because and to me i almost feel like it's painting such a, a wide brush on on um, the movement, but also on people of color and saying, you know, that this is what they stand for. And that is completely inaccurate. And, and racist. This is, and racist. Yes, yes, yes. And they are just further perpetuating this idea that people of color are criminals um, and that they, this is just what they do. I have literally heard that. And it's just like, this is the reason why there's a movement going on is because you have that idea and i'm not blaming people for having that idea at all because that is how they were raised that's how a lot of us were raised we were taught this um individualism from from birth basically <laughs> um and this this idea in our history books that america is the best so i get it but at the same time like you need to understand that the history has gotten us to this point. And it's like, it, you know, the, the whole like taking down Confederate um, statues, that was a big thing that was 
misconstrued in the media. And I think that a lot of people, um, it was either, I think honestly, that's probably where it started is when that started happening, people were like, whoa, hold on a second. So you either hate America because you want <laughs> yeah. to take down these Confederate flags or you absolutely are a patriot and you love law enforcement if you want to keep them. And it's like, how come you can't just be in the, like, you know, a, a decent human being and like say, yeah, we do need police officers. Yeah, I appreciate the people who risk our lives, but you know what? A lot of them do suck. And we maybe need to not put so much money into law enforcement. Um, why can't you, there be a middle ground? That's what's wrong right now. You know what's really funny though, is that the president himself is like making it worse, right? So like what you're talking about right now, like the, the what we're now with like the monuments and stuff, uh, very recently, he spoke with uh, Laura Ingram on that Fox News interview, and he said that uh, about this time period where they were taking out the monuments, he was like, oh, the anarchists and the pro, like, they're taking down and targeting uh, statues of, like, um, Abraham Lincoln. I remember him distinctly saying, uh, like, beloved American presidents, you know, like, <laughs> that was never the case, you know, like, um, they might like it was like at least in chicago like i remember columbus was getting like the statue of christopher columbus and that's yeah you have to look into why like you know like why do they want to take this down because these are symbols of oppression these mm -hmm. are symbols of imperialism christopher columbus was an imperialist he came well, from in spain thought he was going to go to india ended up finding us and establishing a new continent and, and, and slaughtering a ton of people. Exactly. That's imperialism. We don't want that. Like, that's why, I, I mean, you can call it snowflakey. You can call it whatever the fuck you want. But I'd much rather have, instead of Christopher Columbus, uh, Christopher Columbus Day, a uh, fucking uh, Nash or Indigenous People's Day. That's what it was called. Well, and I think that it's really interesting, too. A lot of these are at courthouses. And that is something that is... Um, I was actually watching this video earlier about how systemic racism is not a thing and that people who think that systemic racism is real um, are basically just perpetuating oppression. And <laughs> real, right? That I, like, I didn't even know how to react to that. But when you see these Confederate statues in front of courthouses and you don't understand that that is an issue, it's like, but yet you want to defend history. It's like this, the history is the exact reason why these statues should not be there. Um, as a person of color, I mean, as I'm not a person of color and I find that offensive, you know, because I am so big on criminal justice reform. And I do see the fact that there is extreme systemic racism within law enforcement, within the criminal justice system, within the federal justice, criminal justice system. Um, but especially as a person of color, seeing that, I cannot imagine what that does in, in your head, too, you know? And I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm flabbergasted that so many people defend these Confederate statues in front of courthouses. I really am. Mm -hmm. I just can't. How? Because <laughs> of history? I bet you the majority of people, like at the protesters or whatever, the people that want to rip down those monuments, if, I bet you if you would ask them, like, uh, all right, so like if we take this down, let's, because they accuse us of, or they accuse them of trying to rewrite history, right? Like, mm -hmm. what if we just, I mean, this is not like, 
I mean, it's common sense. Like you don't just destroy, like we're not trying to destroy it. We just try to put it like, we don't want it there. Like we don't want it idolized. We don't want it as a monument. Yeah. We want it in like put a, it in the museum. Like, you know, like no one, no one wants to see that shit, bro. Like that's, that, that's at least what I think about that. But. Well, and that's the thing too, is, and, and, and why I think that this is an important episode to have is because the media misconstrued that also. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you couldn't have a middle ground where it was like, yes, history is important. Yes, these Confederate statues do have a place. Yes, that place is in, in a place where you have to go and physically view that and know that you are going there to view history. You know, this is not something that you need to be reminded of when you are walking into a courthouse or walking around a random park. Instead, the media had to say, oh, you either hate America or you love America. That's literally what it turned into. And now that's exactly what people are still to this day talking about. I cannot tell you how many posts I have seen from people right-leaning <laughs> um, that are clearly voting for Trump that just religiously say on Facebook, I'm a patriot. God bless America. I love America. And it's like, I get it. Like, that's awesome. I'm glad that you love America. But by you saying that so many times, it's almost making it seem like you don't think that other people feel the same way. And it's like, how come you can't be on the left and still love your country? How come you can't still love your country and realize that we need to progress? How come you can't love your country and see that it's still flawed? You know, and I, that's what the media is doing is it's, it's, it's giving us this evil and 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 heavenly view and it's like if you're on the heavenly side everybody else is absolutely evil and if you are on the evil side everybody else on the other side is heavenly and that's how it kind of feels sometimes when i'm talking to these people family and friends it's like i'm evil and they're on the heavenly side or vice versa and it's like how come we can't just have a conversation where we learn from each other and agree to disagree and maybe change our opinions and I don't know, just healthy discussion. And like, that's where I think the media comes in, you know, because like, they're the ones that are inciting the violence. They're the ones that are like keeping this going by misleading the people, you know, like mm -hmm. they're misinformed, they're misguided. And that's what you find when you're speaking to a lot of people. Like, you know, like what I find when I speak to people like that are, that don't think what I do, like probably the complete opposite. Like for example, like Trump supporters or whatever. A lot of the times that I talk to them, I realize that I, I can, because I'm aware of like, like Fox News and the stuff they say, and like I watch it sometimes or whatever, mm -hmm. a lot of what they say are like talking points. And they're literally repeating what like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, like all of them are saying, like what you were just saying a little bit ago, like, um, actually, um, literally almost everything you've said, like, uh, about like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how they like, uh, people, you tell we both probably watch the same stuff. <laughs> hating America, rewriting history, like all those things or, and, and like how there's no systemic racism, like very educated people that I know, like doctors, like lawyers, like yes. people like that. They're, they're repeating this. They're regurgitating what they're, yeah. what they're hearing and seeing and being fed on the media. And it, it blows my mind that these people are, they want to believe it's so bad that they're willing to throw out any kind of like logic that might be contrary uh to what they believe or to what they're being told yeah um, so it what we, we what we really need is critical thinking not to judge each other right off the bat i mean i'm not gonna lie i might i might 
think a little something like uh, when I see like a red hat on you, or, like as I'm gonna approach you, like I know like what you think at least. I won't, I might not think the worst of you, but I at least know where you're coming from. I know like more or less we're like uh, politically where you're coming from. So um, if we could just think and be respectful to each other um, and actually do the research behind what we think, I think most Americans will agree on most issues. And that's why like, I think it's a great point to bring up si single issue voting. And a lot of people are doing that. Like, for example, there's members of my family that are saying that they would rather vote for Trump because uh, he won't kill the babies after they're born and shit. Like, I got sent a picture, and I told you this before we, um, we hopped on this episode, that uh, my family members have been sending me like, um, videos and pictures of like these like or, or memes or whatever you want to call them of like babies being like dissected and like cut up and stuff and like do you want this for America like in 2020 with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris like that's totally outside of reality and and if you are and if you are just doing that and if you are just voting based on that one thing how many things are you missing that's one thing on your list out of a million things that the president does and the government does. Like, yeah. how is that gonna be beneficial for society? And that's the thing, like, a lot of these people think that single issue voting is, it's gonna get their, like, what they want is gonna get done, you know? Um, but I think that on all- Things are gonna get done that they don't want and it's gonna hurt them. And you know what? I think that they say that because it's going to make them feel good at the end of the day. I think that that's really what a lot of single issue, single issue voting, wow, that's like a tongue twister, single issue voting is like. Um, I think that it, I, and it reminded me of this post that I saw on social media, speaking of media, um, and it said, U.S. priest warns you cannot be a, dem a Catholic and a Democrat. And yeah, exactly. It's stuff like that, you know, where it's like, so it just makes you feel good. Like, I know that I'm going to go to heaven because I voted Republican, you know, and it's like, okay, if that's what makes you feel good, I guess. But, you know, like your vote has a lot to do with like, I don't know, millions of Americans, but that's cool. <laughs> you feel good. Exactly. So like what you're highlighting um, right now is the individualistic mentality of these voters you know what i noticed from a lot of the from a lot of the right and not so much the left but it, it does happen i notice it more on the right i'm trying to be impartial here um they are very individualistic and when they when they vote they vote for themselves um even people that are aware of the situation and what's going on for example people that live uh are very close to me um they are saying like, oh, I don't care if he does all this bad stuff, aka Trump, just as long as he saves the economy because they happen to invest in stocks and like cryptocurrencies or whatever. And they know that Trump is good for good for the economy. But is he good for the economy or is he good for the stock market? You tell me. And once again, if you don't know this, please, if you don't know this, don't say it. <laughs> um, but or don't admit it. But uh, the stock market does not equate to the the health of the economy that it is yeah. not a representation at all to how our nation is doing economically like our as it's actually the exact opposite like the stock market is like skyrocketing while we're at the same time seeing like 
millions of unemployed. Um, everyone's broke. Everyone needs cash assistance from the government and the government isn't doing anything. So it's creating like this upheaval and this revolution and this like what we're experiencing now, like it's a huge issue. And part of the, part of the problem is that the government is not acting, mm -hmm. um, but whatever, that's besides the point. You had to say something. I'm sorry. That's what I was going to say is that oh, it's okay. actually the opposite right now, <laughs> which is what's funny. And I don't know if you've been noticing, but recently there's, there has been quite a few articles coming out about that. The fact that the stock market is doing really well and that it's clearly not a representation of how our economy is. Um, and it's kind of a false representation. <laughs> the media is the one that does that though. Like when we're talking about the economy, what do you see when you're looking at like these anchors talking to you, you're seeing like things going across the bottom, like stock numbers and like, if it's red or green, like you're seeing yep. all green, like everything's good. Like stock market's good. Like, no, that means Warren Buffett's good. That means Jeff Bezos is doing good. That means, I mean, like, let me put this into perspective for you guys. Like, I'm pretty sure it's like eight, but it's for sure less than 10% of Americans own stocks. Um, so 90% of Americans don't have stocks. How can that represent our overall economy? It just, it's, it's illusion, but the media wants you to believe it because that's who pays them. That's who owns their media organizations, the billionaires, the 1%. It's always been an issue of class warfare. We would mistake it for like, um, other things, but it's always been class warfare. It's always been us versus them. Yeah. It, you know, it, you saying that reminded me of something that you had said earlier that I wanted to comment on. You had mentioned about the right being more, um, uh, individual, individualistic with their voting and, um, voting for their interests. And I think that I, I don't know, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and videos talking about the RNC and the DNC platforms um, and kind of like comparing and contrasting them. Mm -hmm. And um, like the underlying themes are pretty similar, you know, fear mongering and <laughs> things, things of that sort. But mm -hmm. obviously they talk about different, different things. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that Democrats, they kind they do a better job maybe of making it seem like they are um, into collectivism. And that was one thing that a lot of the videos and podcasts that I was listening to talked about was how the RNC was very uh, much promoting um, individual liberty and just the idea of individualism in general. And it was really for white suburban America. Um, and the DNC was more like, we want to have everybody's voices heard. We think that everybody's important and we want to know um, how everybody feels and we want to know how everybody is impacted so that we can design policies that will, um, you know, help the majority of Americans. And I think that both of those are similar platforms to what the Republicans and the Democrats have had for, for years, for, you know, decades. Mm -hmm. And yet, Democrats still choose to vote their interests in Congress, I'm saying, you know? So I don't really think that, I think on both sides, it's really bad. R R Democrats, I mean, and we heard, we saw this with even AOC, you know, not even wanting to disclose her vote. And it's like, you know, I think it's very obvious that people vote their, their interests in, in general. Politicians vote for their own interests. And that's why, um, we're in this situation that we're in because we're continuously voting for people who are voting for themselves. <laughs> they're not voting for, for what they're actually running on. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so I might uh, bring a little contrast to this because I think that um, it's not so much, like I think the base of the Democratic Party, like the majority of the voters in the Democratic Party are not individualistic. I oh, think, sure, sure. I think that because of like the things that they support, like in the Democratic Party, like over, I think it's like 87% of people um, agree that they want like Medicare for all, which is collectivism. It's everybody, everybody gets covered, universal health care. Um, they support, uh, what else do you want to bring up? Um, Green New Deal, that benefits yep. everybody. Um, like stuff like that. Raising you know? minimum wage. Exactly, things that benefit everybody. So I think there's a, there can be, an argument can be made on both ends, um, but that's a difference that I that I can see that the policies at the base of the Republican Party and the conservatives do not they are actually they are individualistic like the actual base the party themselves not the politicians yes. they are individualistic as well but uh, the people are the ones that are putting them there so like and then but you you're a hundred percent right in saying that the Democratic Party. Uh, as like an establishment is trying to make it seem that way, but they vote completely the opposite way, despite what uh, their base and their supporters want. So that's a that's a huge issue like you were bringing up, or uh, you were saying. Which is so frustrating. Why do we continue to vote for people who have proved to regularly not vote for what we want and regularly not turn out policies <laughs> that we want and that we voted for? I mean, I was just getting in a little... Um, I, I love it when people from both sides, because I, I listen to both news, you know, both right and the left. Mm -hmm. um, so I get text messages about Trump, you know, do you support Trump? Yeah. And then also about Biden, you know? And um, I, I love it when I get the ones about Biden because I just tr try really hard to just roast them and just say, you know, like, do you even know like how he even became our, our nominee, our nominee for the Democratic Party. Like, this is really strange to me. Can you explain? Um, but I, I think that when I, so anyways, I had gotten this message and I just said in there, you know, because she asked me what I, what I thought about why I didn't want to vote for Biden. And I was just kind of saying, you know, well, every single person in the Democratic debates ran, was, was running on Medicare for all, criminal justice reform, and, you know, all a living, a living wage. And, you know, I just think that we should probably have that at, in the Democratic nominee, and yet we don't. And yet we still have millions of Americans and lots of my friends getting in fights with me about voting for Biden. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why? Why are we continuously voting for people who we know are not going to do what we want? But I, it's just like, actually, I feel like most people don't know that, though. Like, I feel like most people think that they can, like, bully him around, like, once he gets into office or whatever, like, or that they can tell him what to do. Like, this is the time when we have the most leverage, fucking idiots. Like, <laughs> like this, like, when, like, at this time, we're in a pandemic, we're in a depression, we have all these things going against us, like, he should be falling over himself trying to, like, give us things so we can win the vote. But the reason why Trump has closed in, uh, has closed 10, per, uh, 10 points in on him in the last month um, and why the gap is closing between them in the polls is because he's not offering a shit. Joe Biden is not trying to solve any solution. Um, so yeah. like that makes it super hard for most Americans to decide. It makes it easier even to vote for Trump in that case. 
Um, so like, I don't know. I, it, I, mean, I think too that going back to like individualism and collectivism, this, this idea that the Democratic Party is a group of, uh, of collectivist ideas and ideals and that we believe in, um, you know, helping out your neighbor and that, you know, do you, let, what was, what was the, the, the thing that I heard people were liking that Joe Biden was, was like this. Oh, ask not what your country can do for you, but what can you do for your country? And I love, love that phrase. And I think that that's so true. Like it, in, in this day and age, we have this idea of, you know, um, not only do I want my country to do everything for me and provide everything for me, but we also have this idea of I'm going to take care of me and it's all about me. And, you know, if I'm sorry that you're having a bad day, I'm sorry that you're having a tough time, but, you know, I don't want to risk what I have to help you. And I think that that's so wrong. And I think that the general Democratic, like you were saying, the majority of Democrats don't feel that way. They feel like they want to help their neighbor when they have the opportunity to, that they're willing to risk a little bit to be able to know that there are less people living on the streets, that there are less children in poverty. Um, and on the other side, but oh, but I was going to say, but on the, in, in the, the people who are actually running the party, they, they're so out of touch with the average Democrat, with the average American even, that they continuously vote for their own interests and ignore the Democratic Party as a whole and what they actually are supposed to be standing for, which is this collectivism, taking care of each other, um, the, those, those types of ideals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think this would be a good time to bring up like, like the, the idea of like the duopoly. So we commented on this on our last episode. And if you didn't watch it, definitely go ahead, watch it, listen to it mm -hmm. uh, on our streaming platforms. But uh, we talked uh, a, a lot about the differences and the similarities, which there's more similarities between the two parties than differences, <laughs> uh, let's be honest. And that's the thing, like we have to be honest, like we have to do our research, we have to do our due diligence. We don't just go off of what one person tells us. Like notice that Ashley and I, we both listen to what both sides say and people even outside of those two, outside of the two party system, outside of the media, like what are the ordinary- Oh people? yeah, even more. <laughs> like we're watching what people are saying on social media too. Like that's how we are aware of the division that's going on between America. Uh, between normal Americans and stuff. So uh, it takes that and understanding how the two-party system is trapping us and how if you vote and pledge your vote to, say, Joe Biden, vote blue no matter who, or you vote uh, red no matter who or whatever, and for fucking Trump or whatever, like what you're doing is you're giving away all your, your political power to these people without them having to do anything. Like how politics should work is the politicians seek to um, go out and solve the issues that the majority of their constituents are facing. That's how they win in typical politics. But how does politics happen in America? Uh, uh, we do voter shaming. We fear monger them. Uh, we tell them the world's going to end. Your world's going to end. They're going to kill your family. They're going to take away your guns. They're going to uh, destroy America. They hate Americans. Like, that's what they that's what they're telling them and like aka the media runs our elections 
Yeah, exactly. So like, that's where it comes in, like independent media, people like you and I, this show, um, Secular Talk, uh, Rising, uh, the Ben Shapiro show, like shit like that. It doesn't have to be leftist. It can be right. It can be whatever but independent without like no one funds us like no dark money is uh funding uh this show or probably a lot of the other independent shows yeah um so like we have to take that in consideration like think about it like who is behind msnbc who is behind the washington post who is behind like all these like it's the oligarchs it's the oligarchs that are behind everything and they're moving every everything and everybody like uh, puppets and they're the puppet masters laughing, uh, all laughing all the way to the fucking bank, as you can see the, uh, in Jeff Bezos um, uh, example. So we, it's, a, it's a deep understanding what we have to do, a deep understanding of our system, how it lacks, how it's not serving the majority of us and the realization and understanding that both political parties that have been in power for so long is what's causing this or mm-hmm. on top of the media and other elements as well but that's the biggest thing yeah so i would 100 percent agree anything else you want to mention uh before we wrap up the show i don't think so this was a great talk i enjoyed it <laughs> yeah i uh, me as well um but i wanted to highlight and uh, now that we're wrapped up with our episode I wanted to talk about uh, following us on social media. If you haven't done so already, if you want to hear more of this kind of stuff, um, we have a website. You can find all of our um, ways to find us, uh, whether it's YouTube, uh, Spotify, like our listening platforms, anything like that. You can find it all there. Um, But uh, what other social medias do we have? Okay, guys. So we have a Facebook, we have an Instagram, we have a Twitter, we have a YouTube account. And we have a website that you just mentioned. So, um, and on all of those, you can find us at the Oligarchy Disruptor. If you don't find it there, you can put in the Oligarchy Disruptor podcast. Exactly. So um, with that, I will end this episode here. Once again, thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode. Uh, whether you're listening or watching, it is very much appreciated. And I, I really, we really hope you got a lot of value out of this. So uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks again, Disruptors. See you guys.